Hi, you guys. It is such a pleasure to welcome you to the Sex and Intimacy series on the Hearts Unleashed podcast. I have been formulating this series for months now. I did not know it at first, but in my process and progress, this has really come to take shape, structure, and form and is now ready to be delivered to you. My name is Abigail Gazda and I'm a clarity coach helping you operate with more freedom, power, and self-expression in every area of your life. In my career as a coach and educator, I have coached men, women, couples, young people, and large and small groups. I have even taught middle and high school physical education and health. During my years in the classroom, I was often the go-to teacher and coach for the age-appropriate version of sex and intimacy for my students. I taught children and teens about puberty, menstruation, sex, STDs, pregnancy, parenthood, consent, non-consent. I talked to kids about suicidal thoughts and self-harm. You guys, they shared circumstances with me that made me want to adopt them in the moment. I walked them through healthy coping mechanisms and empowered living strategies. I taught them clear and direct communication. I supported them in helping their own friends and family through troubling times. I've supported many people of all ages come out of closets of all types. I have explored the hearts and minds of many as they have learned to master and unleash them. As a teacher, I did not know how to source and manage my own energy. Therefore, my time as an educator and coach was the most exhausted I ever remember being. I felt completely drained most of the time, and even the good times didn't keep me inflated enough. I felt completely drained most of the time, and the good times didn't even keep me inflated enough to get to the next win. That does not at all mean that this time wasn't some of the most rewarding work I have ever done. Making a difference in the lives of children has been some of the deepest soul work I have ever experienced. Even in my life coaching career, I have formulated age-appropriate empowerment curriculum that I truly intend to bring to the market in this decade. Until then, I aspire to empower teachers by teaching them how to source, manage, and transmute their energies in ways that have you feeling fulfilled, accomplished, and inspired. I know that once our teachers are enlivened and empowered, bringing a powerful curriculum to the classrooms will be fast, fun, and effortless. We need your perspective. We need your feedback. We need your participation. We need your collaboration to recalibrate what we offer children in the classroom and beyond. This isn't exactly just teachers either. This is the collective of adults raising our children in the education system, nurses, administrators, school psychologists, counselors, paraprofessionals, bus drivers, custodial staff, coaches, meal providers, office staff, athletic trainers, deans, directors, sponsors, booster and PTA parents, and more. There is an entire force of responsible, loving humans dedicating their life to developing our future, and they are grossly under-celebrated and most importantly, under-supported. Because of my commitment to educational professionals being supported, I want to do something crazy and host a program that I have not personally hosted since March of 2018. My Hearts Unleashed Book Club is a six-week self-discovery program for readers of my book, Giving Up, Giving Up, The Memoir of a Quitter. In this book club, you get to read and discuss the book with the author, me. (laughs) The last time I did this book club in 2018, tickets were $97. What I am feeling super inspired to do is that if you are an educational professional, male or female, I will do a little bit of elementary subtraction on your seat in the Hearts Unleashed book club and bring it down to $47. You guys, that is six 
one hour group coaching calls with a life coach about her book. Did I mention that the book also has reflection questions at the ends of most chapters for your journaling pleasure? I mean, (laughs) this can't get much better. (laughs) In my book, I talk about giving up what no longer serves you in order to restore your energy and feel fulfilled doing purpose-based work that you know you love. I am ready for you to be passionate about teaching again so that you can show up for your kids fully. That said, This Hearts Unleashed podcast, Sex and Intimacy series is a great place to find out if we are speaking the same language and if working together would meet your current needs. I'll be straight with you though. Health and wellness class with Miss Gazda is a serious one. (laughs) I can't even say it seriously. But honestly, I do not take teaching this information lightly because I am very aware that so many of us have not been talked to honestly about this topic. I found this very true when opening the discussion with a group of sophomores and telling them, listen, I want you to ask me the honest questions that you have so I can get you the answers that you need. You are not going to shock me, scare me, or knock me off my rocker. It is the same as asking a doctor. I am a professional and I intend to educate you on the topics that you have questions about. I want you to ask the questions that you're afraid to ask your loved ones because I don't want you to go finding the answers out the hard way if you don't have to. Please ask the questions that you need and know that there is no shame or judgment coming from here. Listeners, I told that to high schoolers and they understood it. I found this so incredibly important to explain to them because I knew I wanted to make a true difference in their life, not in my classroom. I operated with the intention that any of the lessons they learned in my classroom would clear a few branches off of their path for them. I would feel so happy to shine my light brighter to show the way a little further. I happily accept my intuition to share this information with you as well. It feels like a duty and an honor. Much of what I will share is my expression of universal consciousness. So no matter what I say or how I say it, I speak the language of love and I speak from the heart. And if I am ever not, you can count on me saying that too. I do my best to educate, promote, and facilitate understanding and self-mastery of the human condition. This series will provide you a new lens through which to contemplate the topics of sex and intimacy. I would rate this content PG-13. It is a mature audience topic. However, I would not use age to determine maturity for this topic, (laughs) or any topic for that matter. Young, developing ladies and gentlemen would be greatly served by this information. That said, I will be speaking about the topics of sex and intimacy candidly. Listen to these episodes assuming responsibility and maturity. I would also invite you to listen with an open mind, heart, and being. Honestly, if you are listening this far right now, I simply want to acknowledge you for your commitment to expansion. I try to imagine who each and every one of my listeners are. I wonder about your life and how I get to serve you. I pray for guidance and confidence and trust, just like you, for you, with you and to serve you. I am honored to present this sex and intimacy series as every aspect will impact your life for the better. Thank you for listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. Let's dive in. All right, you guys, I am so excited to be launching this sex and intimacy series. (laughs) So just a little housekeeping item because it is the sex and intimacy series, I'm feeling some type of way about it. And I want to leave that intro and disclaimer at the front of the episode. So as you listen into the continued episodes, feel free to jump just past the 11 minute mark. And each episode will start after that. 
And then one other housekeeping item is I'm going to scratch the Monday 15 minute fill up concept for this uh, series because I want to launch these episodes Mondays and Fridays and uh, disregard it being hitting the 15 minute mark. So hope you don't mind. And I have just been so excited. I've been prepping this a series for a few weeks now and really for a few months and really for most of my life. And that's exactly where we're going to start here. I am going to spend today's episode sharing my own personal sex and intimacy uh, history (laughs) and evolution. I think it's really important because, you know, in order, like Hearts Unleashed, the whole concept is me doing that too, right? And so living by example, being the change you want to see in the world, uh, showing the way by, or what is it? Lead, lead by example. And so that's what I'm going to do. And I, I feel like I do that normally. However, this is definitely a little bit more intimate of a conversation. So here we go. (laughs) If y'all don't think you knew me by now, you certainly will. (laughs) And also I want to start out this entire series the same way that I would start my uh, high school health and wellness uh, class during sex education. So when I did sex education in health and wellness for high school, usually I had sophomores, I would have freshmen and, you know, some juniors in there, but I would always leave the sex education unit for as the last unit of the whole semester. That way I personally knew I had matured the students as far as I knew I could, like I met them where they were and I got them into a different type of mindset and conversation in order to truly handle the conversation around sex ed, because I didn't want to sugarcoat it. I didn't want to, you know, no bullshit. I really wanted to support the children in learning and what there was, what there is to learn about sex and intimacy. And also, um, to create the space for them to truly ask the questions that they had. So if this series does spark questions for you, please message me directly. Please send me an email or a DM or a message and let me know what questions this brings up or awakenings or insights. So, but the way that I started sex ed in health class with Miss Gazda was exactly like this. Breasts, vagina, penis, Anus. (laughs) I want you to get all your laughs out right now. Let that feel awkward. Let yourself blush. Let yourself feel silly for hearing those words. And I know most of us are adults here, but for the most part, we don't use those terms and we don't use them technically either. And I really want to um, honor it because being such a taboo topic, people shy away from being really authentic. And I think we suffer because of it. I think we suffer alone because of it. And so I really just kind of want to, you know, break some of the walls down immediately. You're going to hear terms, you're going to hear truths, you're going to hear awkwardness. And the sooner you can get past it, the sooner you can get into the actual topic instead of being thrown off every time you hear breasts, you know, or whatever, or the word sex or talking about having sex. Don't let yourself be distracted by the taboo topic. Instead, dive into the curiosity, not just with me, but for yourself. So really, really excited to have you here and really excited to be breaking these walls down. Um, And so one more thing is, on the intro to this episode, I was talking about wanting to support teachers and educational staff around the around different topics in, in general. And so if you're someone who is interested in participating in the Hearts Unleashed Book Club, it is going to be launching on November 12th. And so you can head over to abigailgazda.com to sign up for that. And again, if you have any personal questions, you can send me a message directly. So I am going to go ahead and dive in. And I want to let you know that the inspiration for this series has been truly a life journey that I have taken. So yeah, I want to give you all the professional stats. I'm a health and wellness teacher. I'm a life coach. I know all these things. I've done all these things. I've studied all this stuff. But ultimately, 
the journey of life has taught me more than any one class or quote or lesson or tool. So, oh, one last thing about that. <laughs> Sorry, it's taking a second to dive in because this is, I am, I'm really feeling the need to prep your listening for this mature conversation. But one last thing about it is that I wanted to name this the Sex and Intimacy series with a subtitle as told by a 30-year-old woman, <laughs> right? So I want to give you the context that this is my perspective. And while there's a lot of truths in it, I'm also going to come from my own life experience, meaning I will project some of my own shit. I will project some of my own beliefs. And I'm okay with that. However, I also think that it's incredibly relatable and that you're going to hear me through your own filter anyways. And so that's, you know, I'm coming from sex and intimacy as told by a 30 year old woman. And so if you don't exactly relate, exactly, no shit, no kidding. So take it for what it's worth. And um, I also invite you to take your lessons out of it for what it's worth. So to start very early on in my own journey, I've always sensed myself to be a highly sexual being. I remember being curious very early on and also attracted to boys very early on. I was concerned with being cute in elementary and middle school. Like I remember some of my first crushes in kindergarten and first grade. And to be quite frank, because I haven't opened up about that, I don't know when other people start their attraction. However, that was very true for me. And I also remember feeling weird for that. Uh, I didn't know if boys had crushes. I didn't know if girls had crushes. I didn't talk about it in those times. I just remember being highly sexual and, and thinking sexual things. And I was taught early on, but in my adult years, after doing so much work with so many people, it like kind of hit me that I'm actually not rare, but I noticed how so many people had dealt with molestation or sexual abuse or things of that nature that caused them to be highly sexual or highly asexual, meaning very non-sexually driven. Okay. However, I personally have been fortunate enough that I never had to deal with that. I've never had to deal with any type of sexual abuse or molestation or, or rape or any of those things. And so to be very, very open and candid, I respect when people have had that experience. And I'm actually very trained to support people in, in completing that experience for themselves and healing those wounds. And so if you're someone who has been through that, please know that this is a great support system to begin to explore the conversation and to begin to open yourself up. It may open old wounds. There may be pieces of this conversation that trigger you and that's okay. And that's healthy and that's safe because that's not happening to you in this reality right now. Even if some of those thoughts, feelings, and body sensations get triggered, I want to remind you, you're safe. I want to remind you educating yourself and diving into some of those repressed thoughts and memories will serve you. And so I won't go into it deeply in this episode. However, I want to share that and be open and authentic and very, very transparent is that's not something that I've ever had to deal with on a personal level. But I do remember always being a highly sexual being. And so that really drove me, but I was never sexually active until actually, that's the next point of the story is I lost my virginity as a sophomore in high school to my high school sweetheart, Larry. 
<laughs> and God bless him. Um, we both lost our virginity to each other and we dated for four years. So it was kind of a very safe situation. Everybody becomes sexually active at different ages, but we were always very safe and it felt very natural. And so I never felt outside of my comfort zone when exploring sex or sexuality. And so from there, we dated. That was a lot of fun. I learned a lot about relationship and a lot about partnership in that. And then we broke up once we went to college. Um, we both went away. And then I, it, we grew apart in that sense. And I could see that our lives were going in a different direction. And so I, we broke up and called it that. And, and that's when kind of my college experience started, which... Um, my mom will often, you know, give me a hard time in public or even in person with people is she'll always say like, Oh, Abigail learned to handle her alcohol in college, which means she didn't learn to handle it. Cause I didn't drink. I didn't party hard in high school. And well, I, I mean, you know, you try it and you do things, but like, I wasn't known to party. I was the student athlete. I was trying to win tournaments and this and that. And I wanted to get all the grades and I wanted to get to college. So like I was pretty straight edge in high school, but then in college is where I really had a whole lot of new experiences, a whole lot of wild times trying to learn different things. And I definitely learned a lot about sex and relationships and even STDs and pregnancy and different things and all of it, not just for myself, but also becoming a health educator. I actually had to dive into all that information as an intellectual, as well as a person learning her way in the world. And so um, that was very, very interesting and very confusing. (laughs) As any young woman growing and learning different things, I had my first one night stand. I had, you know, I realized what STDs were because things weren't going well and I had to go to the doctor. And I, one thing that I will tell you is because I know that a lot of people, you know, I've had some personal conversations about it. I've never had an abortion. That's one thing that I've never had a pregnancy scare. I've never really had to deal with that. And so that's also something that I've never personally gone through the experience of losing a child, whether through miscarriage or abortion. I've That's never been something that I've had to deal with. I have supported people in that process. I have gone down those paths with people and held the space for people to process those experiences. And what a gift to be in the space of holding people while they process their experience. And so it's been a beautiful journey and not just firsthand, but also in the support process. And so becoming a health teacher really um, moved me into, into the professional side. But I was, I've still always been learning on a very personal level too. And from there in college was also where I learned my, I had my first really toxic relationship for a year of that. And it was, I w- it was a situation where, you know, one thing I say, and I say it a few times is like the relationship you're in is always reflective of your energetic level. So the vibe that you're at. So if you're, if you attract somebody at a very low vibe, like in your own mental state and you're in that relationship, if you grow even a little bit, you're going to grow out of that relationship. The vibe won't match anymore. That person will, you'll either grow together which happens all the time and congratulations, but sometimes one person will grow and the other person will stay at that vibe. So for example, the relationship I was in in college that taught me a lot about toxic relationships was that person was very manipulative. It was at a point where I had torn up my knee and I personally was in a very depressed state about my identity as an athlete having gone away. And so I was existing at a low vibe at, at, and and in my deepest level, like if I had to choose a year that I was experiencing depression, that was the year. And I got into a relationship with someone who 
it was it was manipulative. It felt very mentally abusive in a way that like that person wanted me to be jealous and so would do things that would trigger me. And I was never a jealous person. And so it didn't make a whole lot of sense. And it really did take me a whole year to sort those thoughts out and to realize like, I don't want this. This doesn't, this isn't right. This doesn't work. And so I broke that relationship off and had a few casual relationships and, you know, this or that, or dated for a few months or whatever, and continued to learn myself and learn life. And then I met my college sweetheart who later became my husband. And so we dated our junior and senior year and then out of college, uh, moved back home and then eventually moved in with each other. And we lived together for three years before getting married and whatnot. And a lot of my learning and development stopped in that relationship and not for any bad reason other than becoming complacent, meaning becoming really comfortable with each other. Our relationship was very, very smooth. Like it just grew naturally and it evolved naturally and it felt really good. And at that point in my life, you know, it's very natural. (laughs) Tell me. Well, most of my female friends would relate, especially college female friends. We were like hoping to meet our husbands in college or expected to meet our husbands in college. And many of us did. Many of us did. (laughs) I can like, even right off the top of my head right now, name five women I know that married their college sweetheart, whether it ended in divorce or they're married and having their children now you know, a lot of us met our husbands in college. And so that was what happened. And I was very natural in that relationship. And I leaned in so hard. I was so trusting. I had so much love. I was so faithful, so supportive, like, cause I definitely thought I was in it to win it. And I thought this was it. And especially after being married, I definitely thought this was it. And so it was such an interesting situation because it hurt so much when we got divorced because I thought I was being loyal. I thought I was being an amazing wife, truly, truly. And for it to end in divorce didn't make sense. Not for the reasons of the breakup. Like, you know, when, when my husband told me he wanted to get a divorce, he explained like, I didn't, I don't think this is right for me. This isn't what I want for my life. I thought it was, I genuinely thought it was, and I'm not getting used to it. And that's okay. You guys, this isn't ever a bash on him or the way that things went, but I definitely wasn't prepared for that. And I thought I was being the best wife like ever period, (laughs) honestly. And so like, obviously the best wife I know to be, but I thought I was being a great wife period. And so after divorce, I felt so rejected for being what I thought was good and loyal and faithful and like, um, awesome. And what I was really doing was shape-shifting to please, shape-shifting to be accepted, shape-shifting to be wife material. And the, I only learned that in retrospect. I only learned that by like, seeing how far away from my original self I had gotten. And also to something that happened in divorce and in the relationship that followed, which I'll kind of explain too, but it was truly the first time that it occurred to me that sex does not equal love. That was a big shift for me because at that point, I thought that's what it meant. And so it triggered my story about myself that I'm unlovable. Because if being a good wife doesn't keep someone around, if great sex doesn't keep someone around, if faithfulness, loyalty, you know, whatever doesn't keep someone around, what does? I must be fundamentally flawed. I must be unlovable that must be unattractive. And it hurt so bad. It hurt. And I felt so empty and lost. My only focus then was to fill the void. And I, 
I didn't want to lose my husband. And so I tried to replace him immediately. I tried to get right back into relationship. And so again, you guys, your vibe attracts your tribe. And so you attract people at the vibe you're in. And so after divorce, I was feeling so low, was doubting myself so hard. And I ended up in a relationship, another toxic type of relationship that was only a reflection of where I was in my life and in my self-esteem. And this relationship taught me so many things. And you know, what was so odd was I was so like that person and that I thought, oh, wow, I've never met somebody, somebody with like, that was so literally like me. <laughs> we would say the same things and we would, it was, it was interesting, but which because we were so alike, I felt so aligned. I, I fell for this guy really quickly and really fast because I thought, oh man, you know, maybe I married the wrong guy and maybe this is the guy I was supposed to meet. And, and at one point in that relationship, he reflected to me, it's like, you're expecting me to pick up where you left off with your husband. It's like, you're expecting me to be him. And immediately I was like, oh no, (laughs) like I saw my mistake for what it was. And I wasn't mad at his reflection to me. I was actually very grateful because I didn't see that I was doing that. And mind you, at this point was right when I started my coaching. So I got divorced in, well, I was asked for a divorce in February. I started my life coach training program in February, like four days later. And then I met this guy in this other relationship in like May. And so I had just begun my coaching experience. I had just begun the real work of looking inward. And so for, for this new boyfriend, this new relationship, and he says, you know, it's like, you're expecting me to pick up where your ex left off. And I was like, oh no, it's time to do the work for myself. And so from the realizations of my rebound relationship, I swore myself single. We broke it off moved on and it was time to be single and really recalibrate. And honestly, that is where the transformation began. That new level of introspection uncovered all of my mommy issues. Oh my God, you guys. So this is where like the real Abigail journey started because um, something that I had actually realized was over the course of my life, my young adult life, I had been in relationship for 12 consecutive years, despite, or like minus the couple months of being single in college and going wild and doing my thing. I had my high school sweetheart. I had a year long relationship. And then I got into my six year relationship with my husband. And so I really had not experienced Abigail for Abigail. And that was shocking, that statistic when I like really looked back. And so swearing myself single was so amazing because forcing myself to go longer than like three months without sex or a boyfriend, I saw how I was stuffing my voids, my issues with the attention of men. And as long as I felt loved by a man, it covered up the below the surface level pain that was occurring, which was growing up, I missed my mom. Like I missed my mom a lot. She's a single mom of two. She went to work 60, 70 hours a week to make her living, to provide for a great life for us, to play, for us to be able to play basketball around the country. She gave us everything. And at the cost of her presence in our life sometimes. And that shifted me into striving for her attention so much, meaning be the perfect daughter, be a little angel, behave, achieve, win, succeed, 
be good, be something you're proud of, be, I would win as much as I could so that there was an award ceremony so that she would come to it. You know, so like I knew she wouldn't miss a basketball game. I knew she wouldn't miss an award ceremony. So I knew I could get her around for that. And it's no fault of her own. And this is not to shame her at all. She did an amazing job of raising me and I turned out just fine, Ma. You did great. (laughs) She actually doesn't know how to listen to a podcast yet. (laughs) And so maybe one day she'll hear this. And sorry, I'm telling my whole sexual story, Ma. (laughs) Um, Anyways, you guys, it was so amazing because the gap in boyfriend relationship exposed the gap in my craving for my attention from my mom. And also to, you know, she did her best in the way to be a mom. And what I recall so much through my whole life was wanting my mom to be my friend. I wanted to ask her for boyfriend advice. I wanted to ask her for advice about school or, you know, when I had a fight with a girlfriend or, you know, a fight with my sister or whatever. But she never was that person that I would go to because she was either busy or distracted, or I was ashamed to ask, or I was afraid of, I I also deemed her and she didn't do this. I did this. I deemed her emotionally unavailable. So if I really did have an issue, I would go to anyone else. And, but that really created a gap in the relationship that I did have with my mom. And so that singledom exposed all of that. And so I spent the next year rebuilding my relationship with my mom. And you guys, that shifted my whole life. And it is one of the relationships that I am the most grateful for in my whole life. My mom is my friend now. My mom is my mom. My mom is my friend. My mom is my equal. My mom is a woman whom I love, respect, and adore. And the only way that I gained access to this was through going inside of myself and meeting myself without the distraction of a relationship or numbing. Basically, that's what it is. I use sex and relationship to numb out. Some people use substances. Some people use, um, you know, working out, you can totally go overboard on your health and fitness in order to distract you from dealing with life. Like you have to look for yourself. How do you numb out? It can be a Netflix binge or like being a workaholic. That's another way that I numb out sometimes is I distract myself and I work instead of focus on my well-being. And so you have to look for yourself, how you distract yourself from really doing the internal work. But because I did the internal work and because I took responsibility for the relationship with my mom and I rebuilt that intentionally, my business flourished. I I up and moved to California, which has been a, a heart's passion of mine since childhood. I used to come out here every three to five years. One of my grandfathers is out here, my mom's dad. And every time we would come out, it'd get harder and harder to leave. And it was never even a reality to me. It was always kind of just a pipe dream or like a ha ha. Yeah, that'd be cool. And after I healed all of my stuff or I began to heal my stuff, I packed up and moved to California. I wrote my first book. My business began to grow even more. And it was all just so beautiful. And after a little while, I even started dating again. And that became really fun because it was a whole new experience. The whole round of dating was different because I was so different. I was so aware of myself. I met myself new. And so what ended up happening in the 12 years of dating was I, one of my strongest identities was girlfriend. And so I didn't actually relate to myself without relating to my whoever that boyfriend was at the time. And so as I was dating in my late 20s, I began to look through a new lens and I started to tolerate a lot less. I called relationships for what they were and I started to see uh, red flags a lot sooner. And I didn't get hung up on so much in relationship anymore. If they weren't working out, I wasn't so worked up. It was really okay if they didn't. Or I would see like, 
oh, this guy is great, but he's not my guy and and that's okay. And I would date a guy for like two dates and be like, mm, I'm good. This is okay. Or I would even date someone for a month or two and say, oh, I'm good. And before, so this is a really fun breakthrough because it was, this was the age that I learned it or the phase that I learned it was where you're not dating someone to make them what you want them to be. You either accept them for who they are and who they're not, or you don't. So I would love to like pause my little love story here to advise you stop trying to date people and turn them into your ideal person. If they're not showing that potential on their own, let it go. I'm going to get further into that. So I'm not going to actually trail off too far, but stop trying to change people. You accept them for who they are or you don't. Boo, period, done. (laughs) And then you guys can grow together, but not where it's like you're unwilling to change and then you expect them to like mold and shape into you. With that being said, it became my responsibility, which I accepted to start developing standards boundaries and conditions of satisfaction, like actually putting in an order with the universe, what kind of man do I really want? And then becoming the woman that would actually attract that type of man. Because again, my friends, you will always attract people on the vibe and the level in which you are vibrating at. Okay. So this all really felt good because I was beginning to have new boundaries, have new standards. I didn't date people if I didn't want to. And that felt really good because there definitely was a time where I would date people that I didn't want to, or that I was like, I knew better and I would still get into a weird relationship. And so because I was doing this, my business began to take off again and, you know, life was growing in different ways. I was living in California. Like I would look around my life and think, holy shit, I'm doing it. Like my two biggest commitments in life, which I share it sometimes, but I telling you, I operate on this daily. My two biggest commitments, three, three biggest commitments in life is authentic connection, hearts unleashed and hilarious joy. Meaning that your life is literally so joyful that all you can do is laugh about it. And that was my life. And that is my life. I'm constantly growing into that. And so my business was thriving, living in Southern California, having a blast, writing my book, selling my book, planning book tour. And so I actually began to start to date again. And that was really, really fun because I had finally set these new boundaries to where the men that I was meeting were beginning to match the standards and the boundaries and the conditions of satisfaction that I was setting because I was maintaining them. And I actually have an entire episode about that called Dating 101. I can't think of the number right now, but Dating 101, and it's all about maintaining your standards and you guys, and your patience. Because what I started to notice was if I maintained my standards and my patience, the men kept and keep getting better. And I feel like this is where many people fall short or find themselves disappointed in the partner that they've chosen is because you obsess so much over the goal of having a significant other that you accept less than your standard in the moment of desperation. And then you feel stuck or you feel unsatisfied or you start judging your partner, but really you're judging yourself for negotiating your standards because you wanted to go for the the goal rather than the substance. You traded out who you're with to just be with somebody. And so I encourage you to look at your relationship and really evaluate where you are in that and what you may have compromised. So definitely recommend checking out uh, the Dating 101 episode as well. 
And so as I was growing for myself, I was getting really clear about what I wanted and who I, what kind of man I wanted. I began to thank the universe for my new boyfriend. I began to thank the universe for this boyfriend who loved me so much and gave me back rubs. And I started playing fun games with the universe to where I landed this awesome man. (laughs) And uh, many of you guys uh, know, have known me and been following me long enough to actually know that man. And, um, I finally found me a sprinter and it was so much fun to sprint through life and chase our goals together. And, you know, he he also wanted to be a a speaker and write a book and, and, uh, travel the world and do all these things. And so I felt so aligned again. And after about, I think it was like eight months or so, six or eight months, we began to be sprinting in different directions. And so it became very clear that this wasn't actually the relationship in which, you know, I would continue my life or go into marriage or anything like that. However, this was the first relationship that was positive in its, in the relationship and even positive in the breakup. It was so wonderful because we were able to part ways and have healthy conversations around that and continue a relationship beyond that, a friendship beyond that. And what I learned for myself and about myself in that relationship was I, I really actually learned what it meant to be treated so well in a relationship, which I, I had never truly experienced. And I I share this and I think I shared it in a post once was until I dated this man in 2018, I didn't know that men bought women flowers or open doors. Like I really thought that was just for the movies. And I was so blessed to have that romanticism restored because you guys, oh, I'll tell you one fault. I am definitely a hopeless romantic. I think it's like, it's definitely Pisces energy, big Pisces energy. <laughs> I am such a hopeless romantic. I want to be swept off my feet. I want to be treated like a freaking queen and a princess and be adored. And like, I want my man to drool over me and just like, look at me with those big doughy eyes. Like I'll never not want that. But it, it I, and I was treated that way in that relationship. And so I really got to experience it and confirm like, that's how I want my husband to treat me and the father of my children to treat me. And it was so amazing because I really learned what it even meant to be loved fully. And so it was so much fun to experience it because it was an, it was a leveling up in my conditions of satisfaction in my standards and in my boundaries is I will never be treated less than anymore. And that you don't have to get into a relationship if you don't want to. It's like, it's an amazing thing to understand. And, you know, I actually, I'm going to pause here to say the same thing I said in the episode 101 about make that money, honey. Like, I feel like some of this stuff is elementary lessons but, or someone would be like, well, of course, don't be treated less than your worth or don't tolerate bullshit. Or, you know, of course you would want your man to like, look at you that way. Like, yeah, sure. We want that, but that doesn't mean we know better or know how to choose it or think that it's available. So while some of this stuff may seem like, yeah, duh, Abby, I'm telling you my journey and I'm telling you how it went for me and the way that I'm learning. And so if it seems silly or if it seems like you learn that at a young age, God bless you. I'm so happy for you. But I'm also speaking very authentically, very transparent that, you know, it's okay to still be learning these things at 28, 29, 30, 35, 40, 50, whatever. It's, it, there is no Um, I mentioned it at the beginning of the, in the intro is age and maturity don't go together. And so wherever you land on the age scale, wherever you land on the maturity scale, it's okay. Welcome to the show. Be where you are, start where you are. But I do want to let you know that since then, I have truly continued to maintain my standards and conditions and boundaries. And as I've gone through 
the men, the caliber of men that I have dated, that I have been with, have gone up and up and up, and they only continue, and they continue to show me love, and they continue to show me grace, and I continue to move on when I don't. (laughs) And I also see the growth available in that as well. And so since then, I've continued to maintain those standards. Since then, I have continued to explore my bisexuality and my sexual desires. I've totally expanded my consciousness in that realm. So to be really, really honest with you, um, so since then, when is since then? Uh, September of 2018 is I broke off that serious relationship. I've, you know, for a month or two dated a few other men to really begin to explore myself and also explored bisexuality at one point in, uh, here in 2019, as I've gone through, I have gone through a hella spiritual journey in 2019 and the word of the year has been flow. And so, and what has come through in the word flow is my femininity completely. I have been unleashing the feminine, the divine feminine. Y'all have seen me coming out as a nudist. Y'all have seen me coming out in complete self-love, hardcore. And so in that, um, in the summer, I had had a dream about each man that I've had a very significant relationship with. And it threw me for a loop, y'all. I woke up from these dreams like, why am I dreaming about him? Like, I hope he's okay. What's happening? And after the third and the fourth vivid dream about these men, I'm like, universe, what are you telling me about all these men and what's up? And the thought occurred to me, it fell from the sky and landed on the top of my head and shoulders. It's like, maybe you're done with men maybe you're into women. And I was like, huh, interesting. <laughs> and it, like, I've always been attracted to women. Like I can always acknowledge when a female is attractive, but I never necessarily um, played out or followed through on that. So it was interesting to have that thought. And without percolating on it too long, I simply just began pursuing women and not necessarily to date them, but to experience that experience being with a woman. And so I went through that experience and it was such a gift because I left that experience knowing myself on a brand new level and knowing that yes, I'm attracted to women and yes, I'm sexually active or would be sexually active with women, but that I'm not interested in, in dating a woman and not for any particular reason other than the energy of a man is what has me fully in my feminine and my divinity and my sovereignty and like that tenderness that I love to be in. And so I know that a relationship with a man is what I pursue, but also I feel so comfortable with myself knowing and even telling you that I'm sexually attracted to women or that I have sexual desires and different sexual desires. And so it feels so fun and exciting because I'm literally coming out to you right now (laughs) and I'm having so much fun doing it. Um, And then since that, since that breakup, since that, since this year, this whole year, I have contemplated my goals and my commitments and how relationship really fits into the whole picture. And so that has also um, driven me now in this point to choose to abstain from sex in order to further sort out all the different aspects of my life and to also eliminate any unaligned options or distractions. Because as I've shared in this episode, I do use sex or relationship to distract myself from the deepest inner work or um, uncovering some of my deepest repressed memories, fears, and insecurities. And so right now I'm in a, I want to call it about a bout of abstinence, but a bout of celibacy, which I will have an entire episode around celibacy. So stay tuned of in this, in this series for that, because I think there is 
so much value. It's like anything. It's like fasting. It is fasting. Abstaining from sex is um, like fasting from food or doing water only or uh, giving up alcohol for or, or marijuana or drugs for a period of time. It creates so much clarity that you wouldn't otherwise have access to. And so I'm going to go much more in depth around celibacy in another episode. But um, it has helped me to eliminate any unaligned options or distractions. And so since then, I've just been having breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. And I am on a whole new level and in a whole new realm. And I really feel like my path, my entire sexuality journey and um, intimacy journey, which we'll totally dive into, has been no mistake. Every single step of it has cut and shaped and refined me into being able, it first off, into being the woman that I am here today talking to you and to bring you this information. I feel incredibly well-rounded in the realm of sex and intimacy in order to truly come here and talk to you and educate you in this realm. And so it is a very distinct honor to share myself with you in this way and to also begin to educate you in this area. And so I would love to encourage you to reach out if this episode moved you, if in further into the series, you have an episode that really does speak to you and you want to talk about it. Um, If this episode did move you and right now you want to message me before I record some more episodes for this series, please, 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 please feel free to reach out. Um, I can tell you right now, as this episode is unleashing right on this Monday, I think it's October 20 something. Um, if you get me, get to me quick enough, I'll still be able to, uh, answer any of your questions in the sex and intimacy series. So would love to do that. And then also, you know, I, I don't mean to make it promotional or anything. It's very authentic is screenshot that you're listening and post it. Let me know, tag me, share this with your friends, please, please, please. I am committed to this ripple effect reaching across the world. And, you know, it's not necessarily about being like famous or the grandeur of having so many downloads. Like, yes, it's fun. The statistics are so much fun, but you know, what's really fucking fun, cracking open people's hearts and letting them know that they can come out of whatever closet they're in, that they can talk about their sexual journey on the internet and the interwaves and (laughs) all the things. It is safe, you guys. It is safe to be you. It is safe to unleash yourself. It's so safe to live authentically. And the more that you do it, the more that you invite others into it. This is the way. There's no shame here. There's no judgment here. You know that you can come into the space that I create and be 100% you. And that is what I am committed to. And so in that commitment, I do ask you, please share this, share this information. I think it's highly educational. And I also think that I don't, I don't believe that we've been talked to honestly about these topics, whether it be by our parents or our teachers or our coaches or our mentors, because they're doing the best they can. Maybe someone hasn't talked to them about it the best that they can. And so they too are in their own way and journey. And so there's a healing part and a forgiveness part for the, the leaders in our lives for maybe not exposing us to this conversation, but here we are now. Okay. Let's start now from where we are. And if you need some support, if you need some walking through, that is exactly the work that I do. (laughs) It's exactly the work I do. So if you would love a one-off call, I have clarity calls and it's exactly to generate the clarity that you're looking for and to be able to operate with more freedom and power and self-expression in your life and to really step out of the silent struggle that you may be in. And so I'd love to invite you to a call or you can go to abigailgazza.com. I have a self-discovery program called Time to Shine. And so that is all about coming out of the facade 
letting down the fake identities and personalities that you've constructed over your life so that you can truly discover and unleash the authentic person that you are. And I am here for you living your heart unleashed. I totally am. And anything more that I would say would just be repetition. So I'm going to go ahead and pause it here. I absolutely love you. I am so committed to you having your best life. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, because I am definitely turning dreamers into doers. The Hearts Unleashed podcast is proudly supported by I'm Hearing Stories, an audiobook publisher and producer. Audiobooks are a fun, entertaining, and leading-edge way to break into new markets and spread your story like wildfire. If you're an author, coach, speaker, or entrepreneur, it can exponentially enhance your credibility in your field and make you quickly relatable. Okay, so good news. I'm Hearing Stories has helped authors like our Hearts Unleashed creator, Abigail Gazda, turn that dream into a reality. And they can help you too. With I'm Hearing Stories, you get expert guidance to walk you through the murky waters of this process. So here's your inspired action. Click the link below or go to imhearingstories.com and turn your dream of having an audiobook into a reality. 